Today I'm joined by Emily Cook. Emily is part of the business psychology team at Thrive, where she works closely with corporate clients to deliver psychoeducational training and workshops and to help clients with well-being strategies. Thrive has recently introduced a webinar series covering topics such as stress, anxiety, coping with remote working, dealing with life changes and isolation. They also have a popular free NHS recommended app, which you'll tell us about in a bit. Emily, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. I'm going to start by asking you if you can give us any indication as to the potential scale of mental and emotional issues that people are facing over this period of furlough and people who are working from home. It's certainly a big concern, I'd say. We've all been thrown into this situation which has largely been focused around physical health and safety, which is normal. But there are going to be huge ramifications on people's emotional well-being. You know, we're thrown into this new way of working. Some people have lost their jobs, unfortunately, which obviously has extreme effects on their financial well-being. People that have been furloughed as well have gone from having busy working lives and a sense of purpose to not having that anymore. And also trying to people balance things like parenting and living at home with family who they may not usually spend as much time with. So I think that mental health is a very, very big concern during this period of time. And certainly if we look back at research that came out of the last uh, pandemic during 2002 to 2004, that was a significant output. So I think it's something that needs to be taken seriously. And certainly organisations and healthcare providers need to be thinking about the longer term issues that people are going to be facing. Yes, I can see that. So whilst some people seem to be coping very well with this, the impression I get is that the majority of us are having some sort of issue or different types of mental and emotional issues that we're not familiar with. So I guess you're seeing a spectrum from quite mild stuff where people may be feeling a bit lonely, but they're motivated and they're getting on with it, to the other end of the spectrum where there are people finding it extremely difficult. Can you perhaps categorise for us the types of symptoms and behaviours and issues that you might find with people who are in that milder, uh, more common set, and then talk us through typical examples of people who are being moderately impacted, and then conclude with people who are really facing severe difficulties at the moment. Yeah, of course. I think at the, the more mild and common end, it's probably going to be the majority of us. And it's things like feeling more stressed or being worried about what is going on. A very common theme that we're seeing at the moment, which is also seen in in past research as well, is people's ability to cope with massive uncertainty. And that is certainly what we're in at the moment. So worrying and anxiety can be something that's very, very common. And you start to 
almost catastrophize in your head and think, you know, what if, what happens then? How am I going to to get through this or what is going to happen at the end of it? So so some of the things you start seeing changes in your quality of sleep or if your your levels of stress are impacting your day-to-day productivity or your motivation, then I think that's something that's going to be quite commonly experienced by quite a lot of people, as well as keeping that structure in place. So we know that having a a schedule or a routine can be really, really helpful. So if people have gone from having quite structured ways of living to now being in full control of the way that they structure their day, that can be quite challenging as well. If we look at the more moderate end of things, I think for a lot of people here, the biggest risk factor will be maintaining that sort of sense of purpose. And some of the risk factors or the symptoms that you might expect here are things like hopelessness or a significant amount of fear, especially to do with your health or the future or what's going to happen. We know that work, for example, plays a very key role in supporting our mental health. It gives us a sense of purpose and identity. You know, when you first meet someone, one of the most common questions to ask is, what do you do? So there's clearly a link between work and our sense of identity. So if that's taken away, it can be really hard to supplement, especially when outcomes like finding a new job are limited. So this can be particularly detrimental to to people, especially if they are furloughed or have lost their jobs. So if you start feeling hopelessness or extreme anxiety, or people might be finding it hard to motivate themselves to just get up in the morning, that's a real significant risk factor and, and probably something that gives the indication that there's more of a moderate level of risk there. And I suppose then at the more severe end are things like social isolation. If someone is put in that position and they don't have any social support during this time whatsoever, and there will be people in that situation, this can be a a significant risk factor. It can lead to way more severe outcomes, especially if they are then faced with specific acute stresses like financial stress or burden, if they've lost their jobs or they're finding it hard to cope. Potentially there's a higher risk of suicide during this period of time. I saw uh, an article a couple of weeks ago about something like this and it was devastating. But if you're in a position where you have limited social contact and then you couple that with variety of different stresses that might happen whether you lose a loved one or significant financial burden it can reach a point where someone feels like there's no other way so that's where you start to see the more severe outcomes and and I, I, I imagine that there will be some of that but certainly the the more kind of common experiences are going to be people that are just trying to adapt and deal with this new way of living Yeah, lots being made about social media at the moment. And it's amazing that we're in a time where we can at least all communicate at some level. But there's no doubt that if you're isolated and living alone, that the physical connectedness that you get from being in the environment of another person, that reassurance, even of being a human, doesn't exist. Uh, I can understand why that would be particularly debilitating for some and for older people as well. 
One thing that I noticed about social media, which which I've talked about in a couple of sessions that, that we've done for, for companies that we've been working with, is about how social media can also have a bit of a negative impact. It's, it's obviously rife with information that might not necessarily be true and also if you if you are someone that is maybe a bit more isolated or doesn't have a, a large family or group of friends around you if you're seeing constant posts from other people about what they're doing in isolation or the, all of the fun things that they're doing or the big quizzes that they're doing that can actually have a bit of a knock-on effect and potentially make that individual feel even more isolated. So certainly one of the uh, recommendations that I give is to limit the amount of time that you spend on social media because although it's a great way of keeping in touch with people, it can also have that effect of making someone feel more isolated or even more pressured to be doing more than they are currently. What a good point. Yes. For some people, it might be quite difficult. I think that people are going around glued to their phones at, at the moment. But it's a very good point. Do you expect that there are likely to be some medium to long term mental or emotional issues as a result of lockdown? And if so, what types of things might we see coming through? I think that the the stress that is associated with the things that will have happened during this period of time is going to be something that is seen medium to long term. If we think about the some of the direct effects of the lockdown, such as financial issues, these won't go away as soon as coronavirus does. So this is going to be something that people are going to have to deal with for potentially months on end. And social relationships will probably have changed as well. And some people are going to be in very high stressful situations that might have had an impact on their social relationships, which again is something that people might struggle with in the long term. But I think a, a big thing as well is, is adapting back to, to the previous ways of living and working. A lot of us have gone from being in a very fast-paced life to having that completely stripped back and once we've adapted to something it can sometimes be hard to throw ourselves back into it so I think that's going to be something that will be almost a new challenge for people once the the lockdown is lifted just returning back to to the way life was before if if that actually happens. Yes, now of course employers will be wanting everyone to return to work as before and that may not happen either. Do you know of any employees who are consciously supporting, monitoring, helping staff, staying in touch with them so that their mental and emotional support is being underpinned? And if so, what type of support are they offering? Yeah, I mean all of the companies that... I myself and also Thrive have been working with have been very proactive during this period of time and I know that, that I've seen a lot more outside of that and things that they've been doing one of which has been obviously implementing the app that we have but also really forward planning on how to reintegrate people back into the workforce. Other things I think have been making sure that they're not overwhelming people with communication during this period of time and really trying to synchronise all of the support that they have available and not going giving people 
too much because I think too much choice can be a bit overwhelming. So simple things by kind of being clear about what the expectations of your, your workers or your teams are and being clear about what is going to happen during this period of time is something that I think a lot of good companies are modelling well. But one thing I've noticed is that I think businesses are still being quite reactive. So obviously for the last couple of years at least, well-being has been at the forefront of organisational health. So as we move towards more proactive and preventative strategies which focus on that more primary intervention, I think this situation has really shone a light on actually how robust an organisation's mental health support framework is and probably exposed gaps. Certainly at the beginning of this pandemic, we were overwhelmed with the amount of, of companies that wanted to implement the app that we have and all of the support services that, that come with it, which was absolutely fantastic. But it also created that question of, does it really need a pandemic <laughs> to fuel that reaction? So I think that there's both positive responses, but also it shone a bit of a light and, and shown that perhaps we are still being a bit more reactive and and might need to to do a bit more forward planning in future Mm. so tell us a bit about this app as i understand it it's free and it can help to prevent and manage stress anxiety and mental wellness yeah exactly so thrive is is an nhs approved app it is essentially for the early detection prevention and self-management of common mental health conditions. And we do that in a few ways. So early detection is through clinically validated scales within the app, which assess people for risk factors associated with anxiety and depression. Through prevention, we offer various mindfulness and relaxation techniques, which are all grounded in significant clinical research as well as a CBT programme. So cognitive behavioural therapy, we know is, an, is a very, very effective treatment for a variety of mental health conditions. But we position it as a life skill. And it's all about teaching people how thoughts can impact their feelings and their behaviours. We also use signposting in the app. So we work directly with uh, organisations and we bespoke the app and include their support services in there. So we signpost people to the right support at the right time. Uh, But people can access it for free. So if an individual wants to gain access to the app themselves, then they just need to submit an inquiry through the NHS Apps Library website or through our website, and we will give them a licence to the app. Wow, what a great resource. Are there any stats or data on the uptake on this? Yeah, so we currently support over 2 million employees across the world. We usually see around 60, between 30 to 60% of the workforce, for example, will download the app and start using it. But it's really subjective. So one person might find that they want to use it every single day to help build resilience to stress or do mindfulness techniques. Um, But someone else might want to do it once a week or once a month or every couple of months. So it really does depend on the individual. And we we get a whole range of engagement rates. But the benefit of it, it really helps to advise organisations on whether there might be any particularly um, hotspots or stressors that they might want to focus on. So that's something that that we work really closely with organisations to deliver. 
Goodness, and I guess one of the takeaways from this period of time is the importance of technology, people using technology much more than they ever did, and understanding new technologies as well. There are other takeaways too from this virus, no doubt, and I wanted to ask you about whether or not now that people have experienced different ways of working, both from an employer and an employee perspective, how that might play out in terms of the emotional, psychological side of the world of work. I think it's a really good point, certainly from an individual perspective. As I said, we've all been forced to adapt to this new way of working. Some people may have worked from home quite a lot before, but they'll still be doing something differently. So to then have to adapt back to the previous way of working. So for me, it's getting a tube first thing in the morning in London rush hour. It requires a lot of adaptation. And also, for example, people that are working from home and spending a lot more time with their family and their children, when they have to go back to work and that time is taken away from them again, that might also pose some particularly emotional issues for people. So I think that employers really need to be mindful of that because I think that the world of work will slightly change. I think organisations will be able to see that perhaps people are able to work a bit more remotely and flexibly if they weren't before. But they also have to be aware of the fact that they are going to have to phase the return or really think about how this is going to impact people. Because some people might not actually want to return back to the way that they were working before. So I think it's really pertinent that businesses have a plan in place and have a level of flexibility to be able to adapt to the way people have had to start working over the past couple of months. Yes, very much part of this new landscape where organisations have to be ever flexible and agile. And certainly from a managementissues.com perspective, we believe that it's an opportunity for people to have a newly empowered voice in the workplace. Because now that they have had a taste of working from home, their employer giving them more responsibility and so on, then they are more empowered to put forward to their employers their ideal working environment. But certainly I I think that once people have had a taste for this as they have, that they may want to push some change themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're exactly right there. Emily, thank you so much for joining us here today. Some really interesting takeaways, both for employers as well as supportive advice and insight for people who are having to deal with psychological and emotional issues at the moment, as many of us are.